It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire customers. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I'm your host, Jamie Arrington, broadcasting from the Eagle Broadcasting Studios here in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Why do I want to say Midtown? I'm not still broadcasting from my house. I'm here in an actual studio this time, not in a workout room, not in a back bedroom that we just throw aside for our junk, but I am in the WMXI studios. We are here every week to give you a break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. We've got an action-packed show today. We've got two guests in the studios. One of them you guys know pretty well. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. What's up, man? Hey, man. To the top. How was the game last night? You actually went down to Biloxi to the game at MGM Park. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny how every time we play a game at MGM Park, I always seem to find a way to schedule myself to, to work that area <laughs> yeah. and stay over. It just It's just funny how that works out every time. Um, the game was fantastic. The, uh, the pregame was fantastic. Um, I met some to-the-top talk listeners. Um, Surely they knew who you were, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that didn't work out. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, quick story. Sitting at, sitting at a, a local watering hole. Uh, called the Sandbar, right there next to the park uh, before the game. And I run into – I walk in, and there's one guy sitting at the bar. He's got a Southern Miss shirt on, right? So I give him a to-the-top, and we start talking, and we go back and forth. And before long, I just asked him, you know, hey, do you listen to podcasts by any chance? And this is the way he answers it. He says, I listen to Jamie Arrington. As he should. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, I say, well, you know, to-the-top talk. Yeah, you know, I said, well, hey – I'm kind of poking my chest out a little bit. I reach out my hand, and, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Jason Bailey. And he says, who? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, still riding the coattails of Jamie Arrington, which is uh, quite all right. Well, dude, I've, I've had people message me, and they've been like, 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 when we were going to the game a couple of weeks ago, a guy, some fans messaged me, hey, you going to be at the game? Is Jason going to oh, be at the game? stop it. Is stop Jason going to be at the game? It. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> but no, yeah, the it was good. Game it was, was good to see. Good to see him get a win at, at, at MGM Park. Hit parade. I think we scored five before I sat down. I think we did. You know? <laughs> and then t- two innings later, put 10 on the board. Yeah, we're two hours in, and I look at the scoreboard, and I, I want to say we had 16 hits um, and 15 runs, and it was it was the third, the third mm-hmm. inning. Right. So, no, it, all in all, it was a great night. Saw Will Taylor and John Smith, of course. I don't think they've ever missed a game in, in, in their lives. Saw them down there and um, met a bunch of good people. Probably about two-thirds of the stadium was full. Packed out with Golden Eagles. Of course, they only have one ticket booth set up, so it took forever. Uh, that's but, a par um, for the course. Yeah. But it's just such a cool setting for nobody that's been there before. It's uh, I look forward to uh, – I think we're playing Southeastern there in a couple weeks. And um, just looking forward to it. Let's get to some news before we get into the show. This past week, Southern Miss and Tulane – Tulane or Tulane, depending on – your pronunciation there, announced that they have agreed to renew their football rivalry with a four-game home-and-home series beginning in the 2022 season. That seems like so far away. So the first game is going to be at Yeoman Stadium 
in New Orleans, September 12th, 2022. Go ahead and make your reservations now. Hit your Airbnb up. Then back in Hattiesburg, September 16th, 2023. They're going to take a break for a few years. September 26th, 2026th in New Orleans. And then back in Hattiesburg, September 11th, 2027. So for the next 10 years, I guess we'll be talking about some games with Tulane. So great to have that. I'm just glad to be able to go back to New Orleans, Dave. What about you? Right, yeah, and I'm sure Tulane's going to be ecstatic about it because now when there's 30,000 people at their game, there'll be 24,000 Southern Miss people. Also today, it was announced that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be on this season of HBO's Hard Knocks. That's where they pick one team and they they profile them behind the scenes during their training camp. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to see what happens with Todd Munkin on the show. (laughs) Yeah, they they better have the, the mute button ready. No, it's HBO. They don't have to. Oh, Oh, <laughs> earmuffs earmuffs children and and it, it'll be cool to see demar dotson on there as well he'll be back in the mix also also uh this past week former golden eagle wide receiver mike thomas with the los angeles rams announced he is changing his number from 13 to 88 last year i think they gave him a couple of choices there weren't very many and he he Ran with 13, caught a little flack for taking Warner's Kurt Warner's number. I mean, I don't think he really cared. He was just out there trying to trying to play. But he's back to the number he wore at 88. Hopefully, some of that 88 magic will wear off on him. Yeah, well, you said he caught a lot of flack. Uh, just from Rams fans, because but, you're wearing Kurt Warner. It'd be like somebody showing up to the Packers and wearing Brett Favre's number. Yeah, well, that's about all he caught. <laughs> Come on, man. Look, one of my favorite guys. They should have thrown it to him more, but honestly, where was he uh, the, the entire year? They used so. him a lot. He, he played a lot more special teams right, than the return right, game. Right, right. I mean, but, but, you know. I, you you, you, you teed it up. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't just No, it was, it, was so a, it was fair. But, I, couldn't, I couldn't help it. But, two, that's one of the worst passing offenses in the NFL. Yeah. yeah Nobody was, yeah. Nobody's throwing in the ball. You don't want to go there if you're a receiver. You don't want to go to Cleveland if you're a quarterback. He had Case Keenum throwing in the ball, and his touchdown was the only – was the only uh, touchdown that Case Keenum has thrown to a Golden Eagle offensive player. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after the break. We've got a special guest in studio. We're going to be talking about local day with the New Orleans Saints and some of the former Golden Eagles that made their way down to the Crescent City. Come right back to us. Ziggy played guitar. good. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. I am Jamie Arrington, your host for the festivities each and every week right here on WMXI. When we get back to the summer, we'll probably be back on uh, the score 1400 AM. Uh, right now, the Southern Miss softball game, I believe, is going on on the on our sister station, 1400 AM, if you are in the Hattiesburg area. You can listen to this on podcast each and every week, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Let's get into it. we got a guest in studio today. He is a contributor for Canal Street Chronicles, website chronicling New Orleans Saints sports. Welcome, Adam Williamson. What's up, man? Oh, not too much. I really appreciate you having me in today, Jamie. Thanks for coming on. Now, you, you've got your hands in a lot of things. I mean, you, you cover the NFL draft, also cover the Saints a little bit for Canal Street Chronicles, also an independent scout for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the Canadian Football League. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was uh, I was very blessed to uh, have an opportunity to intern with Matt Miller from Bleacher Report this year at the uh, Senior Bowl in Mobile. I uh, actually got out and did a little bit of networking and met the GM and head coach of the Rough Riders, and he gave me a shot. So that's where I landed. Did they get that name from DMX, or do you know? 
I am not familiar with that at all. I just, they had some. I used to have Canadian roommates, and they would watch the CFL. I, I, but it's, a, I it's a different game. Man. It is a different game. It's a little different, but it, it's an it's an interesting game, and it's gaining a lot of ground the last few years. You know, you're getting a lot of uh, if you just take a look at the Saints, the small sample size of the Saints, they've got five to six guys this year who have a CFL background. Delvin Bro being one of them, Adam Big Hill. There, there's I could go on and on. There's names there that uh, that have come from the CFL and 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 really succeeded in the NFL. So. Who's the defensive lineman that's huge? Uh, you've got uh, David Onyemata who came. That's from, what I'm thinking from of. Cana- yeah. uh, Canada. He's a uh, He's a big, good defensive lineman, man. He, he really gets off the ball quick, uh, really strong. Upper body strength is, is something that a lot of the guys rave about with him. Um, obviously, he's going to fall in line behind Rankins and uh, and Fairley, who just signed a big deal with the Saints. But but it's, it's finally, you know, the last three to four years, that depth on the, that defensive line has been what has really killed us. And finally, going into the season, if we can stay healthy, uh, that defensive line is, is what's going to be wreaking havoc this year, we believe. This past weekend, this past Friday, actually, the New Orleans Saints had their local day, which is where they bring in prospects from some of the regional teams. Some of the names that attended from Southern Miss, Denarius Antoine, Dylan Bradley, DJ Thompson, Cameron Tom, Sean Brickley, Nick Mullins, and Will Freeman. What were your thought what are your thoughts on uh, how the Southern Miss players did this past weekend at Saints Local Day? I actually spoke to a couple of them. I believe I spoke to uh, Dylan Bradley, uh, Sean Brickley, and Nick Mullins all personally. Um, they all felt like they did really well. Nick Mull- Nick Mullins especially. Uh, they only brought in one other quarterback locally, and uh, Nick Mullins said he threw really well, had a lot of zip on the ball, threw a tight spiral downfield. It was finally indoors. At, at the USM Pro Day, it got a little windy at the end when he was throwing, so uh, so his spiral got a little loose at the end, so so he really made up for that at the, at the local day. Looked really good from what I heard. Um, Brickley was uh, it was the first guy with his hand up to run routes. Man, he's an eager guy to get out on the field and prove his worth. You know, he's had a, a lot of hardships along the way, but but he's a he's a really eager guy to really prove that he belongs. Um, looked really good. The route running was great. I've actually got some pictures up on my Twitter and Facebook that that he and some other guys took. And uh, and Dylan Bradley, I spoke to him as well. And and you know, one of the things he told me was uh, I went out there and worked like I always do. You know, I just I went out there and, and did what I know how. So. He was uh, really impressive. Tell us a little bit about Sean Brickley. I mean, we know he was is here at Southern Miss, backup wide receiver. Didn't see a lot of the field, but he's been been really working hard to kind of get his name out there the past few weeks. Man, I, I met Sean at the USM Pro Day, and uh, you know, I, I really liked what I saw. He's got a route running video online, and I'd seen that video. And obviously, being local, knowing USM, you know, I was I was intrigued and interested. And in, and doing a little bit of work for Saskatchewan, you know, I know he's a guy that that could come in and and probably make a team. So. I reached out and wanted to chat with him, and, and he's got a unique story, man. He didn't play football until his senior year of high school, so you know that's a late start by any standards. Uh, got to USM, walked on, uh, didn't get a lot of playing time, ended up getting a scholarship at USM, still didn't touch the field a lot, man. He, he got on the field any way he could, uh, special teams, catching a few balls here and there, but uh, you know what it comes down to is his size is really an issue for a lot of people. He's a uh, He's a smaller guy. I think he's 5'9", 170, 175 now. But we've actually been in touch with a few people to get him get him some training in, try to bulk him up a little bit, and, and get him some looks. So. What do you think the draft prospects are for, for the Southern Miss players you saw this past weekend? Uh, I, I definitely believe Bradley, Dylan Bradley and Cameron Tom have a great shot to uh, to end up getting drafted somewhere uh, you know, between the fifth and seventh round. Uh, Bradley is a, a defensive tackle who – who is really intriguing guy. Um, he's 
his upper body strength is incredible. He's a little bit small for what for what most guys like, most scouts like, but but he's a, a really interesting prospect, and I think that that he'll get a look in the late rounds and definitely as an undrafted guy. Cameron Tom, who played center the majority of his career, he did play a little bit of guard, and I think he slid out to tackle some, but the majority was at center, especially the last year. Uh, you know, he's a guy who – who has the size, he has the the bend and the flexibility, he has the speed, so I definitely think he goes probably in that six-round range. Uh, Nick Mullins actually had a private visit with the San Francisco 49ers and and got some some good information from them that, that they were interested in him and, and they might take a look at him. So I think he's a seventh-round fringe guy, probably undrafted free agent, but he'll get a shot to make a roster, absolutely. Uh, the rest of these guys, you know, Will Freeman, uh, DJ Thompson, Daenerys Antoine, Sean Brickley, they're, they're probably all undrafted free agent guys, but they should all get a look by teams. You know, teams bring in a ton of undrafted free agents and, you know, the, the benefits that these guys have and, and what I tell them all is they're younger and they're cheaper. And when it comes down to the business, if they're, you know, if you're on the fringe of making that 53 man roster and you've got a guy that's going to cost you four and a half million and you can get the same production from a guy that's going to cost you a hundred thousand, 200,000, you're going to take the cheaper, younger option. So, you know, it worked out really well for Kalen Reed last year. We've seen a lot of USM guys really succeed in the NFL. So I, I feel like uh, these guys will get a real shot to make a team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, you you went to Pro Day. I didn't make it. I just saw, like, how it turned out. I yes, saw the sir. stats on it. Did you – if my information was correct, a lot of these guys would have been in the top performers in the combine in certain positions, you know? Did how, what were the impressions the scouts got of these guys when they saw them at pro day? I actually talked to a, a scout from Carolina and a scout from Kansas City most of the day. Uh, I kind of attached to them and, and tried to learn as much as I could and, and try to meet as many people as I could. And they were the two who showed the most interest in me. So I just kind of stuck around and, and listened as much as I could. And and two names kept coming up, and that was Dylan Bradley and Cameron Tom. They really felt like these guys could perform at the next level and and really prove their worth. And uh, you know. They they really liked uh, they really liked the route running from Sean Brickley. They liked his forty time. Didn't much like his size. And when Nick Mullins was throwing, there was a lot of whispers behind Nick at the velocity he had, he had on his ball. He threw a really good ball, really tight spiral down the field. Um, looked really good. So so I think it's a, a little bit unfair and biased that guys guys like these guys don't get a shot at the combine. You know, you've got 300 of, of just superb athletes that are going to that, the combine that, you know, it's hard to take everyone. So so what the NFL is trying to do down the road is, is maybe get these regional combines that you can get guys like from USM or UL Lafayette or places like that, that you can give them a shot to get looks. Because, look, there was a lot of interest at USM. There was 32 NFL scouts there and then another eight CFL scouts there. So there was no lack of interest whatsoever. You know, don't let anyone tell you that uh, USM just held another pro day that nobody showed up to. There was plenty of interest in these guys. And they're, they're not there. You know, a lot of them are there doing due diligence, but there's a lot of guys there who are really interested in people and really looking to add pieces to the puzzle. I mean, look, we've had several guys from USM end up in the NFL the last few years, and it's getting more and more traction. Jalen Richard has has bust onto the scene in, in Oakland, going to be Las Vegas. Uh, you know, Kalen Reed in Tennessee. Uh, McCourty just got released in Tennessee. Kalen Reed's going to get a shot to start as the, the last pick in the draft last year. So, you know, it, it's proven that these guys get coached up the right way. They're, they're, they love to learn. And they're ready to work hard and, and prove their worth wherever they sh- they end up at. And, you know, guys have always had a shot in the NFL. And I think we kind of had that lull from uh, 2012 
that uh, kind of <laughs> set things back. But yeah. the strength conditioning program, I think, has worked wonders because you, you you certainly have seen these guys improve. There. I mean, Nick Mullins ran a sub-540 at Pro Day. Correct. Which, if you saw him on the field, you wouldn't believe it. Not at all. I mean, it, you know, and that's the thing with a lot of these guys, man. They're, they're not getting the proper looks because of – of the competition they're playing against, you know, they uh, a lot of scouts or uh, not necessarily scouts. Scouts do their work, man. They do very hard work. They they do their due diligence. A lot of those scouts that I talked to that day were at South Alabama at 9 a.m. that morning. Came to USM at 2 p.m. They were going to LSU at 9 a.m. the next day and going to be at Tulane at 2 p.m. So they uh, trust me, they're putting the work in and they're doing the right thing. That's why there was 32 scouts at USM. So don't let you know a lot of these draft analysts say you know we're going to write USM off because they're playing you know uh, UL Lafayette or, or Louisiana Tech or or, or what whatever it may be but but look man these guys really do belong they really do put in the work Nick Mullins worked out uh you know all offseason in Madison with Michael Lewis who returned kicks for the Saints for several years the beer man and uh you know it it really did wonders for him uh Michael Lewis was at the pro day and uh getting a lot of praise from scouts for what he did with Nick Mullins with that 40 time and a lot of his drills that he ran I've done my fair share of workouts with the beer man (laughs) <laughs> it might not have been Michael Lewis, but, uh, you know. I heard that. Well, that's great, man. I appreciate you coming in. Go stick around with us for the rest of the show, obviously. we got Bumper Jay Bailey here as well. Are you uh, you going to spring game this weekend? Going to do my best, yeah, gonna be, absolutely. Me and, me and Bumper Jay are going to be there. Let's run down the lineup for Eagle Fest real quick. Eagle Fest this weekend, the big weekend every year. Southern Miss has a home baseball series as well as the spring game, among other festivities. So this Friday, it gets kicked off at 4 p.m. They are having a student combine. So you can go out there, uh, compete in the 40-yard dash, shuttle run, broad and vertical jump, see what you've got. Hopefully somebody's out there scouting. Then later that night at 6 p.m., Southern Miss will take on Old Dominion in baseball. Then on Saturday, April the 22nd, there will be a future Golden Eagles free kids camp at the Rock. Registration begins at 9 a.m., then at 10 a.m. as well, uh, there's a season ticket holder exclusive Champions Brunch prior to the spring game up in the Touchdown Terrace. I don't know if there's any tickets left. I got mine. Bumper J got his. Michael Bowley's going to be there. Tony Smith, Hanford Dixon, Sammy Winder, Jeff Posey. I am just ecstatic about getting to see all those guys uh, and taking some football at noon. Black and gold spring game, free admission. I don't know what the weather – you know, there's always – seems like every year or two there's always a weather issue with the spring game. I don't know what it's going to be. I think it's – I mean, regardless of what the predictions are from the weatherman right now, I think it's kind of really hard to say until it gets to be game day. Coach said that they they will play in the rain. They will not play in the lightning. So, you know, if it's raining, put on your gear, come out, support the Golden Eagles, and see see what we've got for next season. After the game at 2 p.m., fifth quarter festival, they're going to have music, carnival games, food vendors, and more. They're also going to have a free crawfish bowl for students. What about Jamie's? Then at 4 p.m., Southern Miss Baseball will be taking on Old Dominion. Then on Sunday, they close out the three-game series with Old Dominion at 10.30 a.m. You can bring the kids to run the bases after the game. I probably would bust it if I was out there. Um I, you know, something that was funny to me, the, the, I think it was yesterday, there was the press release that was released from the uh, from the football practice. And, and Jason, I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, I got to pull this up. So they were asking, like, apparently the practice did not go as, 
you know, as well as planned or something. And and in the in the press release, it says head coach Jay Hopson said on coming back from the holiday break, he says, and I quote. We look like we ate a little too much Easter candy today. It wasn't the best day, and we looked a little sloppy. That's awesome. I love it. That's 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 great. You know, and and the the fake Jay Hobson is is already beginning. Fake Jay Hobson already beginning. We had a we had a quote on Twitter from Fake Jay as it relates to the Easter candy comment. He said, uh, "Too many peeps, too many Cadbury eggs, <laughs> too many Jelly Bellies, too many Reese's cups, too many chocolate Easter bunnies." Too many heavenly hash eggs, too many gold brick eggs. You know what I'm saying? That's the reality of it. <laughs> oh, that's but, so good. That's uh, so yeah, good. I love the, uh, I love that quote. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll get to uh, run into him this weekend. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I'm still looking forward to him coming in the studio and you going just straight up fake J versus J interview. We should have a game show or something. Adam, Adam, and I can be the the the. Uh, Whatever we can yeah. do it like at midnight. We'll just have like a, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to sort that out. Hopefully we we just need to get him. I tell in you here. what though, if he comes across the table Chris Everett style, then it you know <laughs> it's just, all you. Just let it ride. Point. I'm just I'm out the door. Nothing would surprise. He's, me he's a big point. old boy. I think he's a really good sport. So I don't think I he would so. do that. Um, <laughs> plus I'm I'm kind of I'm, I'm lawsuit happy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Love Coach Hob. All right, guys, we're gonna take a break. Come right back. Talk a little. Southern Miss Baseball. Come right back to us right here on News Radio 98.1 in the Hub City. Welcome back to To the Top Talk. With Jamie Arrington, your break from all of the high resource five propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. All right, I'm here with Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. We're going to talk about Southern Miss baseball this week. Dylan Brad, Dylan Bradley, Dylan Bordeaux, the other Dylan B stepped up to the plate. Southern Miss versus Tulane in New Orleans is underway. We'll give you all the details on that next week. This past Friday, April 14th. Southern Miss took on the Rice Owls in Houston, Texas. The Golden Eagle Bats come alive for 15 runs on 14 hits as they defeat the Rice Owls in Game 1, 15-4. Dylan Bordeaux, Dylan, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan Bordeaux, Bordeaux leading the way, driving in three RBIs on three hits with two runs. Cole Donaldson and LaMarcus Boyd with two hits apiece. Kurt McCarty gets the win, improving to 6-2 and two on the year. He gave up four earned runs on seven hits, striking out eight. A little piece of trivia for you. Kurt McCarty hasn't walked a batter in his last four starts. That is 28 innings. Wow. Pretty amazing stuff. Then on Saturday... Uh, Golden Eagles just couldn't get anything going after Rice jumps out to a 4 to nothing lead in the second inning as they fall to the Rice Owls in game 2, 11-4. Matt Walner and Cole Donaldson with two hits apiece. Then on Sunday, the rubber match. The Golden Eagles bounce back, winning to take the series from the Rice Owls 17-6. Matthew Guidry hits a grand slam in the third to give the Eagles a two-run lead they would never relinquish. Dylan Bordeaux, Mason Irby, Matthew Guidry, all with three hits apiece, and the Eagles with a season-high tying 18 hits. Colt Smith gets the win in relief. This week in the polls, 
Southern Miss still ranked in everything despite going two and two this past week. In D1 baseball, they are ranked 16th. Uh, the NCBWA, that's the Baseball Writers Association, and Baseball America have them ranked 20th. The USA Today Coaches Poll and Perfect Game have them 21st. In collegiate baseball, a little bit behind the pack, had the Golden Eagles ranked 22nd. Last night, we had a we had a, uh, a, a to the top talk representative on the scene, Bumper J Bailey, giving us all the details of that game. Eagles topped their season high 18 hits with 20 hits on Tuesday as they defeat Nickel State 16-8. All nine starters for the Golden Eagles recorded a hit. Mason Irby and Jake we've I've struggled Jake Via Jake Viani. Jake Viani leading the way <laughs> with three hits apiece. Hunter Steven gets the win in relief, allowing one earned run on two hits with a walk and four strikeouts in two and one third innings. How was that game, Jason? Oh, it's fantastic, man. And, and you know, just to piggyback on your stats right there. Yeah, 20 hits in the game. 20 hits is fantastic. And you, and you mentioned the team bouncing back. Uh, this team hadn't lost more than, than two games in a row all year, right? That, that, that's as far as it gets. And then, you know, hence bouncing back. But last night, 20 hits in the game. Um, as I have a note here, three hits apiece for Irby and Vianney. Two hits apiece for Bordeaux, Slater, Bra- Braley, Walner, Bowen, and Guidry. <laughs> That's just it's just crazy, you know. College baseball team playing another college baseball team, and it, you know, at times it looked like Oak Grove playing a YMCA team, and these are these are solid players that we're going against. So this team has the ability to um, to, uh, to to really put the bat on the ball. And I tell you something else, just from you're so close to the action there. I know at the P we sit in the roost and it's awesome, it's great. There's no better atmosphere. At MGM, you're almost part of the game. In fact, at one time. Uh, uh, the uh, bullpen catchers and pitchers were sitting in the stands with us. There's no bench room to sit on, so they just hopped the fence, sat right there. Oh wow! They, when they got the call, they hopped right back over. You know, so that's how close you are. But these guys have so much fun. It's easy to have fun when you have 20 hits. I know, but uh, it, it, it's it's gone on all year long. You know, um, that's that's one thing that all former players of Barry seem to. Um, point out about him is they're always quick to, to jump to his defense when the season's not going well. They say, you know, he's a player's coach. We love him. We'll run through a brick wall for him. And that's exactly what they'll do. And um, there's something to be said for that camaraderie and just fit, fitting all these pieces together. T- together, You know, we had to replace a lot last year. Lynch left. Chucky left. Uh, we lost Cord. Um, anyway, we lost a lot of pieces to the puzzle. And halfway through the year, uh, we've not only, you know, filled in those holes, but I think we've kind of you know, surpassed it from last year. So. This is the closest thing to gorilla ball I've seen since we switched the bats up, man. This right. team is really cracking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> uh, what about uh, Jake Vianney coming on in the past couple of games, man? He's starting to make a name for himself. Yeah, you know, he's really hitting the ball. And, um, of course, you know, I've, I kind of latched on to Mason Irby early. Uh, I just love that guy. He um, He never strikes out. He always puts the ball in play. He'll lay down the sack bunt. Um, and then, you know, look no further than also another Oak Grove product is uh, Matthew Guidry. Oh, yeah. I mean, making a push for, for possibly being, uh, you know, the everyday second baseman. Um, Casey Mack was sitting for a lot of power early in the year, and he's bounced around center field, second base. He's played a lot of positions. Uh, Storm Cooper was there, you know, most of last year. Um, 
it's hard to deny what what, what Guidry's doing these days. He's he's got two home runs, including that you know a grand slam that kind of ignited us in the game against Rice on Sunday. Uh, Rice had taken an early four to nothing lead, and and after that grand slam, you know Sutter Miss just kind of poured it on. So you know we'll see what happens there. And as far as second baseman go, I guess you're going to go with whoever the best defensive player is. That's how I would do it. Uh, if that's equal, then you go with the guy that's hot. And right now it's Guidry. Golden Eagles now twenty nine and nine on the year, twelve and three in Conference USA. As of uh, me typing up these notes, they had an RPI of twenty nine. I'm not sure where that sits right now. I'm not sure if there were any games earlier today. You never know with college baseball. Uh, tonight they're taking on the Tulane Green Wave as we speak in New Orleans, Louisiana. This Friday they start a three game homestand with Old Dominion, as we mentioned earlier, and then on Tuesday, April the twenty fifth, they will be at the University of South Alabama at 6.30 p.m. Softball this past week, on Wednesday, April 12th, the Lady Eagles defeat Southern 6-0. Then on Friday, USM began a uh, three-game homestand against Texas San Antonio, winning game one 10-4. Then uh, in the second game, they fall to the Roadrunners 7-6 in eight innings. Then on Saturday, the rubber match, the Lady Eagles defeat Texas San Antonio 4-2 for their first Conference USA Series win. The Lady Eagles now sit at 24-22 on the season, 7-11 in Conference USA. As we speak, the Lady Eagles are taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa. This Saturday, they begin a uh, three-game series at Western Kentucky with a doubleheader on Saturday at 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. Then on Sunday, they will follow that up with a 12 p.m. game. Real quick, Adam, what's the weather looking like for Saturday, my man? Man, I saw a local WDAM weather guy, Nick Lilia, report this morning that early models show that it's going to be an 80% chance Saturday. Ah, that's why I trust... Not great. I trust Patrick Bigby and his signs. All right, there we go. That's what (laughs) I'm... That's how I'm rolling with my my WDM weather. (laughs) We're about to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more with Adam Williamson, as well as Bumper J. Bailey, and shut it down. So come right back to us. We're going to be talking more Southern Miss sports after the break. To the top. Here on To The Top Talk, we're talking with Adam Williamson. He is a contributor. What does he contribute to? What do you contribute to, Adam? What do you contribute to? I do a little bit of work for Canal Street Chronicles. Canal uh, Street Chronicles. I knew that was right. I wasn't going <laughs> to flip through. And I, knew, I knew it was a Saints website. Yeah, absolutely. So you had a comment during the break about Mike Thomas and the number 88. Give us a little insight on that. Yeah, man, I was... Uh... Sifting through social media yesterday, friends with him on Facebook, following him on Twitter, a couple of different things, and uh, saw he was, you know, switching from the 13 to the 88, and he had a series of tweets uh, kind of discussing why he was doing that, 
And the first one said that, you know, his grandmother, his great-grandmother, which who he loved, he loved dearly and, and was his biggest support, uh, you know, she died at 88 years old. So it represented how many years she spent on this earth. And then he also, a couple of minutes later, I think eight, eight to ten minutes later, he said, and it was her favorite number, which I thought, you know, was kind of funny. It's very, very seldom do you find people with, with favorite numbers up in the 80s. And it was just kind of cool that that was her favorite number. He ended up being a wide receiver wearing it at USM. And, uh, you know, I'm sure as a rookie last year, he probably wanted to wear 88. And, and, you know, got stuck with 13, so he ended up wanting to switch to 88. And, and like we were discussing, you know, he, he kind of caught a little bit of flack because he, he wore Kurt Warner's number in, in you know, Los Angeles last year as a, a Rams receiver. And, and Kurt Warner, we know, was a, a god in, in, in St. Louis for the Rams, the greatest show on turf. But what people don't realize is, you know, and, and what I saw a lot on Twitter yesterday was he was catching a lot for the fact that he not only did he wear Kurt Warner's number last year and underperform by, by fan standards, he switched to Torrey Holt's number, who wore 88 when the, the Rams were the greatest show on turf. And and not only that, but Torrey Holt was nicknamed Big Game Torrey Holt. You know, when, when, Holt, oh, yeah. came, when Holt came in as a rookie, man, he blew up the scene in like 98, 99, uh, really performed well with Isaac Bruce. That's when they were getting into those greatest show on turf days. So a lot of fans I saw were reaching out saying, look, we really want you to live up to that number, that Torrey Holt. We really want you to do what he did in his career. And, uh, you know, like we were talking about, he, you know, he had Case Keenum throwing the ball. Uh, Jared Goff really didn't get a real shot last year. Sean McVay coming in is going to do a lot with that offense. I really think Mike Thomas will do well out there. So so maybe, you know, the 88 number is the motivation he's needed all along, and that's what will really boost him to uh, catch 80, 100 balls balls this year you know he really needs kurt warner throwing to him <laughs> that was really jared goff hopefully jared goff can get it together i mean that was a tough situation for any quarterback to be thrown into absolutely and and jeff fisher is a southern miss alum killer like he i mean true austin davis was on the squad for what three two or three years or something yeah yeah but uh yeah he just there's no future with you with, with if you're especially if you're uh an offensive player absolutely um, <laughs> but, yeah yeah i think he you know, I think Mike Thomas caught, what, three balls last year, 37 yards, after catching like 115 at Southern Miss the final two years for 19 touchdowns. Oh, yeah. And trust me, the talent's there. It's not a lack of talent thing. And I know it's not a lack of learning thing. I've talked to guys who've said, you know, he's a a, 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 a playbook nut. He's, he's in the playbook every day. He's learning the plays. He's doing his – you know, due diligence on the plays and stuff. He's he's learning everything he should. So, I think it was just a matter of look. At the end of the year, the Rams were a one-dimensional team. Defenses didn't have to plan for Jared Goff throwing 15-yard outs or, or 30-yard fly routes. I mean, look, they weren't going to let him throw the ball down the field. They thought they were protecting him. In turn, it got Todd Gurley and about killed. So, uh, you know, they became one-dimensional. It really hurt Mike Thomas' chances. But Sean McVay coming in, I think he's really going to turn them loose and, and let them play this year, man. Let them have a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. You want to see the the Mike out there that we saw the senior year, um, you know, when he was really lighting it up. I kind of want to see, you know, I want to see how he progress. I want to see how, how all these Golden Eagles progress. And, yeah, it's pretty tough to go from wearing Kurt Warner's number, who's a legend, to wearing Torrey Holtz. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought about when he, when he got the original Warner jersey because – and I'm I'm kind of surprised they haven't retired it. I mean, yeah, that's tough, man. I I really don't understand. You know, you got that that greatest show on turf there was was really fun to watch in the early 2000s. It sucked as a Saints fan because they beat the crap out of us near about every year. But um, it was a lot of fun to watch as a football fan because that was right when you were getting into the age of 
of you know you had just had the Ravens win that Super Bowl where they had the nastiest defense in NFL history with Ray Lewis and all those young guys with Trent Dilfer went to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl then you had you know Kurt Warner throwing for near about 5,000 yards and all these touchdowns and Marshall Falk breaking records Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt so it was a lot of fun so you know if you know they need to go ahead and get that done and retire 13 28 80 and 88 and just put them in the rafters because St. Louis sports football wise will never see anything close to that again because there's not a team there there, no yeah absolutely have you heard any chatter on some of the like um Golden Eagles that are coming back. Have you heard anything on any of the guys, any of the underclassmen? I haven't. I haven't done a lot of looking into that right now, man. This is the busiest time of the year for me with the NFL draft going on. Anything I'm doing at USM right now is on draft eligible guys. Um, I did talk to some of the guys there actually the other day when we were there uh, after the pro day. I went back and worked out with Nick Mullins and Sean Brickley, ran some routes with them, did some stuff, and uh, the kid from Laurel, uh, the quarterback. Keon Howard. Keon Howard walked up, and I asked about him because I was I was enamored a couple of years ago when he was at Laurel. He had a great senior season. So I asked Nick Mullins, I said, what's the deal with this kid? You know, is he the real deal? Is he the next He's the next one waiting, right? And he said, he's going to be the guy. Trust me. He said, this kid is he's unbelievable on his feet with his arm. He's got the strongest arm you'll ever see. He said, he's really, really impressive. So he said, be on the lookout for him. He said, open competition. Actually, uh, Julius Julian Allen, I believe, walked up as well. As we were talking about that, and he said, Coach Hop is having open competition across the board. Nobody's job is guaranteed. You're going to earn it this year. So that's good to know as a Golden Eagle fan. You want to hear that. You want to you have the, the best 22 guys on the field who work their tail off in spring practice and earn that position. Not because they're a junior or senior. doesn't matter. If you're the best, you play. Absolutely. you got a quarterback. I'm curious to see how the quarterback competition is going to play out this weekend. i got a little quarterback tidbit for you guys in the closing segment. So come back, check that out. Listen to To The Top Talk. Welcome back to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Let's shut it down. My guest, Special thanks to my guest this week, Adam Williamson. You can follow him on Twitter at WilliamsonSAW. Also, you can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow this program at To The Top Talk. And you can follow Jason Bailey at Bumper J Bailey. Follow us on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash to the top talk. You can follow me, Jamie Arrington Comedy, all this, that, and the other. Uh, Upcoming comedy shows. I'm going to be hosting the Public Relations Association of Mississippi Awards Banquet this Monday night at the Trent Lott Center. Uh, Truth be told, if you didn't know about that already, you probably weren't planning on going. So (laughs) I just announced a big show this week on July the 6th. We've got Sean Patton at the Thirsty Hippo in Hattiesburg. You may have seen Sean Patton on uh, the show on Esquire Network, Best Bars in America. He's got a Comedy Central special. I think he's got a CISO special and some stuff coming out on Netflix. So uh, that's going to be an amazing show. You're going to hear me talking about that show for the next few months. And then on August the 1st, our second annual Life's Life's, Laughs for Life's show. Don't trust me reading stuff. Laughs for Life at the Sanger Theater. It's our answer, answer, annual Benefit show, raising money for the International Myeloma Foundation. 
uh, this year where uh, Cure for Cancer as well. So we've got some big stuff coming up with that. We will be announcing the show the second week in May, and it is going to be a doozy. I guarantee you, you have heard of the com- comedian that will be coming to Hattiesburg on August 1st to so get ready for that. Last year, we had Frank Caliendo. You may have seen on ESPN, Fox Sports, all that good stuff. So this year is going to be going to be just as good. We're shutting it down. I got to thank Adam. Adam, man, thanks for coming in on the show tonight. I really appreciate y'all having me in. This is the uh, first thing I've done in studio. I've actually been on a couple of segments, ESPN Radio in Jackson. I was on a show in Lafayette, doing ESPN in Monroe next week. Um, getting a lot of airtime right now, but I really appreciate y'all bringing me in. I'm trying to do a lot more local stuff, uh, kind of do some USM reporting, things like that, and just trying to freelance my way into the industry. Very cool, man. I appreciate your insight today. Any final thoughts on the, uh, the Southern Miss players declaring for the NFL draft? Look, man, I just say keep an eye on them. That's the only thing. You know, a lot of guys don't give uh, – a lot of these draft analysts, uh, they look at the, the bigger school guys. Now, now I will give a, f- a few of them credit. They they do look look further into, you know, the smaller schools. But just keep an eye on these Southern Miss guys, man. They're a lot more talented than people give them credit for. Um, they end up at USM because they love the atmosphere. Uh, don't get it twisted. USM's a great place to be um, football-wise, academically-wise, uh, everything. It's a, it's a really good place to be. It's a really good atmosphere. And these guys want to end up here and play here because it's a great town. So uh, don't get it twisted. You got Jalen Rashard, Kalen Reed, uh, Nunez Roaches, Raheem Nunez Roaches, Jamie Collins, a lot of guys in the NFL from this school, and they've proved that they can make it in the NFL. So, you know, Nick Mullins, Dylan Bradley, Sean Brickley, Cameron Tom, these guys are going to get a shot, I promise you. Well, thanks for coming in, Adam. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, guys, this weekend, Eagle Fest weekend, I hope you're ready for it. I'm ready. We're ready to rock and roll. Jason, are you focused, motivated, ready to go for Saturday? I'm just wondering who we're going to corner this year. Like last year, you know, at the at the brunch, we pretty much just stalked Austin Davis. So, so I'm thinking Sammy Winder. Sammy Winder, I'm, I'm, a, yeah, we could, we can get, we can get some. I'm saying Hampshire Dixon, man. Ooh. We, you, you rarely get to see that guy, and he's, he's obviously a legend. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to download all the previous episodes on iTunes. SoundCloud as well as Google Play. Coming up next week, we're going to talk about Eagle Fest weekend. Thank you for joining us. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.